Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, one-on-one scheduling guidance, part two of two. Hi everyone, this is Mike, and welcome back to Manager Tools. And last week we covered the first part of our discussion on scheduling one-on-ones. This is a question we hear a lot, and we thought we'd spend some time discussing it thoroughly. So, here we go with the final part of the series. Before we go on, though, one quick note. We announced to our registered members a couple weeks ago our Chicago-based March 25th and 26th Effective Managers Conference, two full days of what Mark and I consider to be the core bedrock of effective management. Held at the Weston O'Hara Hotel on March 25th and 26th, we're excited about what we think is going to be a stellar venue and event. If you're interested in joining us there, please visit the website, www.manager-tools.com, for more details. Those of you familiar with our past events will know that we only invite 100 folks to participate, and now over 75% of them have already been spoken for. Did I mention members got early notification of the event? Intent. So go to the website now and register by the end of the year for their early registration discount. All right, enough with the commercial already. Let's get on with the good stuff. Here we go. Let's talk about step three, allow your directs to choose. I think we covered yeah. that a little bit, but... Yeah, I think we yeah. Um, we're just following Robert Lurd Stevenson's guidance. Um, w- once you send out your email, allow your directs to choose the time that works best for each one of them. Look, if, if you wonder about the rationale for this, you need think no further than your boss, your boss now, considering two options. Either, number one, I'll simply tell them their time and they will have to live with it, or two, I'll give him some options and or and she, he can choose what's best for him. Your response to that question is why we suggest you give your directs some choice for themselves. Yeah. So it's okay to let them choose. You're offering the times. You're not telling them the times. You're offering it to them. And and there are some managers who stumble over that. That say, Bob, you're at two, and, and Jane, you're at three, and... Um, Somebody out year four. Um, um, that that is uh, that tends to go against the grain of the theory or the concept of one on ones. Okay, cool. Now step four. It's okay to ask for changes. Yeah, sure it is. Um, if the responses you get back f- uh, um, from your opening up one point five x surprise you, or two to three directs request the same time, and I want to come back to that point in a little bit. You may have to go back and ask one to two couple of folks to reconsider. The point here is, is that you want to be flexible Um, because once you start one-on-ones, the value will become obvious and you'll want to continue them. Um, Don't make the beginning a difficult scheduling snafu. Um, Don't make that a reason not to do them, to have them start bad on a process note when, in fact, you haven't even gotten to the value, which is, of course, in the content. It'd be like throwing the baby out with the bathwater. And and by the way, when it comes to one-on-ones, if you do it for one direct, you have to do it for all your directs. Um, This is a specific way to manage and to develop relationships. It's not a way just to choose to meet with a few folks personally. 
Now, I want to go back to the point I made about about two to three directs requesting at the same time. I had a manager once say, okay, look, the first slots are out. You know, in 24 hours, all those slots are closed, and I'll see what you guys respond, and then I'll send back an email to only those of you who haven't responded, and I'll tell you what slots are are no longer open, or I'll tell you what slots are still open. I'm like, wow, you're going to do that? He says, oh, yeah, it's this auction thing. Or, <laughs> I'm like, okay, whatever. We don't recommend that. We recommend you send out a block of times. If, if you have 10 directs, you send out 15 times, um, and you get back a bunch of emails. And now, if you if somebody answers three days late and they say, hey, I'm getting ready to ask for Tuesday at 4 o'clock, you can say, hey, I'm pretty sure that one's taken. Pick a different one. Um, but But the whole point is let people choose. Let people choose whatever they want and trust that not all of them are going to choose the exact same time. There are rare cases when it has happened, but I guess my point is you don't need to make it repetitively iterative. You can simply throw it open, let everybody respond back, find out what you end up with, put everybody in the slots that they wanted. Maybe you ask for a secondary choice from some people and then, and then see what that gets you and see how close you get to an ideal situation. That's the point of the 1.5x. Um, so so we're not suggesting that you get three or four back and then send another email saying, okay, we're down to six slots and two people or three people. Um, you, you, what we're doing is letting everyone respond all at once, seeing how that shakes out, and then sending back individual emails to a couple of folks to ask them to potentially reschedule. Right. So, so really be just willing to make an exception or, or two for something unusual. Right. Uh, yeah, we're not trying to be perfect here folks the first time out right i might suggest that were it me i'd be more willing to make an exception for one of my best folks and less willing to make an exception for one of my less effective performers nice totally okay. true good yep. yeah okay so that got us through the four-step scheduling process what about part two of the cast there is no best way now this is where we share many manager experiences about how they schedule right 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 um Okay, so look, so there, there's not an inherent hierarchy during part two. We're just going to list and explain what we have seen and what we think regarding many managers' scheduling ideas around one-on-ones. Cool. All right, let's go. Okay. Uh, number one, we recommend as a general rule. I shouldn't have said number one. I apologize. We recommend as a general guidance, a general rule, but it's not hard and fast, we avoid Monday mornings and Friday afternoons. Okay. We avoid Monday mornings because of Drucker's rule about meetings slowing things down. It's always harder to speed up than it is to slow down. And if you start slow on a Monday, that's not good. Um, If you're thinking that it's a good way to get someone or everyone off on the right foot for the week, managers who have done it tell us that's not their experience. It doesn't work that way. Okay. Some people do them on Monday morning. We're not going to tell you it's wrong. It's fundamentally wrong. We're just saying, as a general rule, avoid Monday mornings and avoid Friday afternoons. Um, there are too many chances for missed meetings because of days off and holidays and three-day weekends. And if you have a conflict, you're not going to be able to reschedule nearly as easily. We do have an exception to the general guidance, though, right? You know, For those of you managing a team of directs that travel a lot, sales forces, field service personnel, et cetera, you may choose to do your one-on-ones face-to-face, and that means more likely Monday and Friday, just because of the way folks travel. You know, folks tend to be in the office more frequently on Mondays and Friday. And if that's the case, that's fine. I, uh, just our, our, I guess our point is our general guidance is not a prohibition against it. 
Yeah, because you're there, you're on the ground, you know what works for you. Uh, we just want you to avoid doing it just because you don't know any better. We want, you expl- we want to explain that many, many managers have tried it and they don't find it, they work terribly well. Yeah, they're only really recommendations. Don't take them as black and white. Um, use them to help you make your decisions about what times you offer. Um, and our next point is earlier in the week is generally a little better. Yeah, that, that's a pretty simple one. I mean, it goes to the issue of having time to reschedule later in the week. Yeah, yeah, Thursdays and even Friday mornings can be okay. But what we find is that trying to have them done by Thursday noon helps just a little when, it, when your calendars are full. And then you need to reschedule. Yeah, yeah. Um, next, our next recommendation, if you will, is that timing is generally best, starting their one-on-ones, is generally best on the hour and the half hour. This is just largely a a function of respecting that so many meetings, mistakenly or not, start at the top or the bottom of the hour. You know, we're not saying we agree with that, but we do know what happens. Those managers who say, well, one-on-ones or O3s are most important. They can be late to another meeting because of it. I'll start at quarter past the hour. They often end up going back to top and bottom of the hour. So don't try to be countercultural with your one-on-ones. What about mornings versus afternoons? You know, we find that mornings and afternoons are really more of a personal choice. We don't see any advantage overall to one or the other. Um, now, on the other hand, we recommend against early, first thing on the morning, in the morning, or really late, like last thing before you go home. Um, A lot of managers who try that move away from it over time. Well, I'll try to get stuff done. I'll put it at the the shoulders of the day, and that way I'll have the middle of the day to myself. Um, And we just find too many rescheduling hassles for leaving early or coming in late or traffic or anything like that. Okay. Now, here's one we get quite often. I I, I think I've seen this on discussion forums, at least an email many times. What about all doing all your one-on-ones on one day versus spreading them out throughout the week? Yeah, um, we don't feel there's any clear benefit. This is our experience, okay? Some people prefer all on one day. They say it makes the rest of their week more flexible, and, you know, I can understand that. Um, Some say that it helps them to feel done with their one-on-ones. They're all done on Tuesday, for instance. Some managers we talk to say, it's easy to focus on the process of good one-on-ones if they're closest together. In other words, you get in the flow of one-on-ones. I guess that would mean you wouldn't want to be the first person doing one-on-ones that day. I don't know. Um, I I guess the point with all those is those all seem like reasonable parameters to us for a manager um, to consider. Okay. Um, On the other hand, some managers prefer to spread things out. Um, they say there's less chance that one long meeting or one specific schedule change will ruin all of their one-on-ones for a week. They feel that spreading them out gives them more flexibility on each of their one-on-ones, right? If you have all your one-on-ones on Tuesday and there's a big staff meeting called by your boss's boss Tuesday afternoon, you've got five one-on-ones to reschedule hypothetically. Right. Um, where if they're spread out, you may only lose one, and then you can reschedule it um, next to one of your other one-on-ones. Um, some people feel like it's more sensitive to the direct schedules. That's that's the way I feel. Um, but but I wouldn't, 
You know, sometimes people say, look, I look at my calendar. I've got a ton of meetings on Wednesday. I've got strategy time on Thursday. I've got to do these guys, these things Tuesday afternoon. Look at your calendar. Find out what works. Um, I think there are some managers who will tell you that if you pick one day, it's harder. Um, it, it, uh, it's harder for your directs um, because usually a couple of your directs will be involved in the same kind of things. And so it limits the available number of time. Um, but, but look, all of these comments are reasonable. They're not necessarily ours, but, but they're things that thousands of managers have dealt with out there in the field. Um, so, um, yeah. I, I don't know that we have a, a recommendation on all on one day or spread out. Right. I mean, really, what we're trying to do here is just help each individual manager figure out how to apply the concept within their own goals, culture, and calendar. It's it. It all. I hate it when it depends. Right. Yeah, it depends. Um, uh, but you're right. I think well said. Um, a couple of more suggestions or comments in in this part. Um, there's no best way. Um, some managers prefer back-to-back scheduling. In other words, a one-on-one on one at 9 o'clock, then one at 9.30, and another one at 10. They like that enforced discipline. In other words, you can't go over on your 9 to 9.30 because there's somebody knocking at 9.30, right? Um, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and I, I, there are some managers who say, oh, gosh, I couldn't do that because my first couple went so long, uh, you know, I want to leave that time open as well. At some point you're going to, you're going to want to get to the point where you can cut them off or they will whittle themselves down to half an hour. And in fact, the single most important, the single most powerful contributor to, uh, um, one-on-ones being whittled down to a half an hour is a manager saying a couple of times at some point after the beginning few are done or very early on, okay, it's a half an hour. We're up. And until you establish those kinds of parameters, people won't behave to get the time done. If you give somebody 40 minutes to do a 30-minute task, work expands to fill the time allotted to do it. They're going to take 40 minutes. Um, and as we've said to many, many people, um, if you schedule an hour for one-on-ones, you'll discover that one-on-ones will die because you'll, if you're doing them once a week, um, they will tend to fall apart because people won't take the full hour and people don't like going to meetings that finish early and sort of peter out. There is a value. You'll still get as much done, but there's value in compressing them because you'll be much more efficient in the same way that a lot of work tends to get done and, the, and everything needs to get, that needs to get done at the house gets done when you have to go on vacation. Or it's for the same reason that airplanes, that people don't tend to miss airplane flights because they know the plane won't wait. On the other hand, people are late to work all the time because they're the one driving and the, the car will wait for them because it has to. Yeah, I, I love the pace of meetings where you it, it feels as if you're moving very quickly. And when you get done with the meeting, you just barely had enough time to get everything done. I, I, I frankly, I, I love that sense of urgency, yes. if you will. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, you're, you're running, you're moving, um, you're efficient, but but efficiency in that case serves effectiveness, which is now I've, I've done something in 45 minutes or 30 minutes that I would have done an hour, and now I can be effective at something else. Yep. Um, uh, okay. Um, um, now, you could, you could do the back-to-back scheduling um, for those managers who schedule them all in one day, or it could be several back-to-back um, – and and uh, you could do them all on like Tuesday afternoon, or you could do two on Tuesday afternoon, two on Wednesday afternoon, two on Thursday afternoon, and those two could be back to back. Again, 
Those who do this say it helps them. And that's great. That's fine. There's nothing inherently right or wrong with that um, other than how it makes you effective or efficient as a manager. Now, we don't have any more, any reason to doubt those managers. Um, on the other hand, other managers prefer them far apart. They don't like that enforced ending because someone else is standing in the door. Um or they don't want to give up an hour block when they could break it into two half hours. That seems reasonable to us too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the one the one thing is we don't see is O three separated by half hour breaks. Right? We have one one at nine o'clock to nine thirty, and then the next one is at ten. Oh uh, yes, okay, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Um we we think that because that middle half hour end up getting ends up getting lost. People feel like they're just grossly inefficient and therefore ineffective in that half hour. They go ten minutes over with the previous one and so now it's nine forty. They know they've got another meeting in twenty minutes, so they shuffle papers or whatever, uh, and they don't really make a good use of preparing for the next one. So yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Now that brings us to number three. The most important rule for scheduling. Finally, okay, here we go. Yeah, it does. It does bring us to number three, and it's simple, but we did want to highlight it. We did want to, to, to make it feel special um, and encourage everyone to hear it in context with all the other rules, and here it is. If you have directs, one-on-ones will become or are already the most value-creating time you spend each week. It is the most important meeting that you have, and you never miss it. Our recommendation is defy attempts to schedule over them, say no, and if you cannot avoid a conflict, reschedule them immediately. It's a scheduling comment simply because it has to do with, okay, it's one thing to have something down in your calendar, it's another thing to have it under attack because people are always, oh, you need to move this, you need to move that, you need to move this, and and managers, after you get done scheduling one-on-ones in a way that works for you, the real most important thing is you don't miss it. And when you get a chance for reschedule, when somebody wants to reschedule, like a boss or somebody else, you say no. When they ask for time that is already given to a one-on-one, you say no. And if you're thinking right now, you can't say no. If you're thinking that, then all I suggest you do is out loud say the word no. And then you will have proven, you will have proven that you can say no. And the issue is you don't want to. And that's fine. We understand that. We understand there are consequences for saying no. Um, But um, too many managers have never said no in their life to a boss. And then they, uh, at the same time that they've never said no, they say, I can't say no. And those are two different things. You don't know whether you can or can't. Actually, you can in all cases. It just may be that the punishment is significant. But I would argue that in 90% of the cases, when you say no, there's a, it's responded to with a big whimper. The boss says, oh, okay. Let me see if I can't reschedule something. Yeah. And let's be really clear about what we mean by reschedule immediately. Because I think folks think sometimes think we, uh, that reschedule immediately means after the one-on-one is missed. What we mean is if you have a, a, a one-on-one schedule with John on Wednesday – and on Tuesday morning, he comes to you and says, hey, I can't make my one-on-one next on Wednesday. And you agree, so you, you decide you're not going to push back. Then you say, fine, when are we going to have it? We're going to have it instead of Wednesday morning, we're going to have it Wednesday afternoon, or we're going to have it Thursday morning. But you reschedule it at the point in time when the conflict is first identified. Um, one, one other point, I want to go back to something we said earlier about 
the scheduling of one-on-ones on Mondays versus Fridays, Thursday, early in the week versus late in the week. If your one-on-ones are scheduled on Thursday and you have one Thursday afternoon, say, and somebody comes to you on Thursday morning and says they can't make their Thursday afternoon one-on-one, you have very less choices than you would if it were scheduled in the beginning of the week. And it feels very differently to a direct when you push it out to the following week versus that week. So when we say reschedule, reschedule it for the current week. You move it to the next week. It, you know, you're going to have, what are you going to have? You're going to have a one-on-one with somebody on Tuesday and Thursday the same week. That doesn't, that doesn't work. That yeah. Well. doesn't work. Okay, yeah. Good. Good point. Good point. Yeah. And, and, and this is, you know, this is a really powerful message to your directs about their importance. It, yes. It, it's, it's also just smart priority management, you know, as Drucker would say. Right. So, and that, <clears throat> I think that wraps us up, right? It does. We covered the four-step process for scheduling. Um, we talked about some recommendations regarding there, there is no best way, but giving people some parameters to consider as they work through things. Um, and then we covered at the end the most important rule for scheduling one-on-ones. Awesome. All right, my friend, as always, thanks. Thanks, partner. We'll see you later. Well, that's it, everyone. As always, thanks for listening. Before we go, though, Mark and I would like to wish everyone a Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays for those so inclined. We are incredibly thankful for the gifts in our lives and wish each of you the same joy and contentment that we experience every day. And thanks to all of you who have sent us wishes and some very nice gifts. As a matter of fact, I just finished a piece of some very fine Swiss chocolate courtesy of a kind listener. So, again, my diet starts next week. In any case, thanks all for the the kind wishes and and the, the cards and notes that we've received. Mark and I really treasure those gifts every time we get them. Thank you. So, happy holidays again to everyone, and we'll see you soon. So long. 